can't stop, won't stop. Told you years ago we'd never stop, man. And here we are. Combo Nation! <laughs> what is up, everyone? And welcome to episode 416 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. Rates, review, subscribe. Let me know how you feel about the show in the comments section, wherever you listen to Combo's Court. Today's show, Daryl Reynolds, former Villanova Wildcat, former NCAA champion, joins in to talk his title run with Nova, playing for Jay Wright, and we get into some philosophy as well, just a fantastic conversation with Daryl. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Former Nova Wildcat, former national champion, but a man of many talents. Welcome to Combos Court, man. How are you feeling today? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. I actually checked out the TED Talks. My man, my man. What'd you think? What'd you think? It was amazing. It felt like it was years of work put into a 17-minute talk. Does that sound about right? <laughs> it was. It was. It was. that I started thinking of a lot of that uh, when I was playing, actually towards like my last year in college. Uh, I guess the weight of our right, hold on real life is about to start started mm-hmm. to settle in and, I, and a lot of those concepts kind of came to the surface for those that didn't listen can you give us a brief overview bet that bet that um, <laughs> so it's, it's called I Can Move Mountains um, uh, it was I want to say no no it was 2021 it's crazy how much this happened I thought I was say during a pandemic but it was nowhere um 2021, you know, everything that everybody was going through. When I was overseas, I realized that there was many times in my life where I had to start over. The biggest one being after my career and the injury with basketball. And I understood, all right, there's a list of concepts that keep getting me through these transitions in my life. I need to figure out what they are so I can articulate them to help other people because I have to imagine that I just kind of came here with them. I didn't, nobody taught me this type of stuff. You know what I mean? And in my opinion, if you have something like that, like a gift from God or the universe or you know Jesus Christ, whatever you say, to me, it's like, all right, you know what I mean? Make sure you, you use your voice to give it to somebody else because it might not come as easily to somebody. Yeah, you mentioned the knee injury, and I've, I've had my fair knee injuries. I've had three mm-hmm. surgeries. Torn ACL actually not too long ago. You said, I don't know verbatim what you said, but you said you were glad. I don't know if that was the word that you got it. That sounds a little bit crazy, but I do understand it because I went in with the mentality like Ryan Holiday actually had a book, The Obstacle is the Way, and I can't kind of came into the rehabilitation process. It was a lot tougher the the first one when my career was ahead of me. But um, what did you learn about that? What did you learn about yourself, about life, about knee injuries during that whole process? Um. First of all, salute you for, for fighting through three of them. And it's 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 funny you ask me what I learned. I think one of the first things I learned is that I hold on to things too long at times. Mm. And the injury was kind of something being taken away in a way where it's like, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, think about it. 
The only other time something like that had happened in my life is I had a relationship that seemed like it was going to be a lot of things. And um, she had to move. And looking back on it, we had talked about it afterwards. It was like, we probably should have pressed eh, or you know what I mean? Just nixed it back then. So when the injury happened, it, it kind of snapped me into the same place um, over some time, over some time. At first it was, I'm going to be back in six months. You know what I mean? It, it ain't nothing. Nah, nah, nah. And after six months after that surgery, I was dunking. I tore my ACL, LCL, PCL, and I ripped my hamstring all in one tier. Crazy. And um, six months out, I was dunking. But over those years, especially during the pandemic, it became apparent to me, like, this happened this way so you wouldn't have another option. So, like he just said, he said, you know, that the opposite way is the – what do you say, the opposite? The obstacle is the way. The obstacle is the way. For me, it was like this isn't this isn't a, a pause or a halt. This is a chance to 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 redirect into something I really love. Um, and not saying I didn't love basketball, but I started playing at 14. So you know what I mean? So it wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't grow up enamored with basketball. I grew up fascinated and infatuated by film and 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 the art of film and how it comes together and how many people are in it. You know, I mean, it was just something about it. I tell people all the time. The real reason I wanted to um, go to a high level um, college and play was I watched the Fab Five documentary in high school. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> if I could be a part of something that is an iota of this, I want to do it. This is amazing. Dude's changed history. Um, so for me, it, it was the, the, the first learning process was when to let go. You know what I mean? That's very hard for us athletes because. In some ways, it's like you have to hold on because of how many hardships you deal with. But then at other times, it's like, no, you you have to, you, if, if you let go, letting go of this thing will allow this other thing to grow. You know what I mean? And I was not the best of that uh, when I was younger, especially before that injury. During that TED Talk, I was kind of in the transition of really realizing it. It wasn't until I got out to L.A. that it was like, oh, no, 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 no. That was that was supposed to happen. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't, this wasn't some freak accident. There was like a butterfly effect and it sent everything into chaos. This was supposed to happen. So I could realize, Oh my God, like I have so much more to offer and so much more of an identity outside of basketball. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's basically saying that you didn't want to hold on to something. And I don't want to say it wasn't there because you could have continued to play. You probably could have rehabilitated and still continue to play, but you know, you brought it back to your girlfriend and now you bring it back to basketball. You don't want to hold mm -hmm. on to something so tight that might not really be in your heart anymore. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think, I think of the girl because like, you know, and people who don't play don't know, but like to play this game at a certain level, professional level, you really have to love it. You know what I mean? What you're yeah. going to go through, the things you're going to deal with, you really have to love it. So I think of that relationship because I think of love. You know what I mean? I genuinely yeah. think of like, no, yeah. I, I love this game. And to be honest, I didn't realize it, you know, because film just was always around. And, you know, we always have movies and stuff like that. And I wasn't as close to it. Basketball was the first thing that I had, like, put my hands on and actually got into. But, like... I love film, but in my eyes for the longest time, basketball was my first love. Um, and yeah, for me, it was just like, actually, you say I could have came back. I couldn't. That was the thing. I had nerve damage from the knee down. I'm actually still dealing with the residuals of that. I'm like still healing from that and wow. getting my strength back completely. That was the thing that kept me off the court. I was like, nobody's going to sign somebody who's this much of a liability. No matter how athletic I am, no matter how good physically I look, if you can't move in certain ways in the, the sport of basketball, 
you are a liability at all times unless you just do something miraculously well. It's not like football where it's like, that guy can kick, let's, let's just get him. You know what I mean? It's like, nah, bro, you got to be able to do a little bit of everything. And like I said, once the doctor told me that, he had told me like, you know, nerve damage is something you take month by month. Don't look at this day by day. Don't be frustrated after a week. This is a month by month process. Month by month turned into years. You know what I mean? But bottom line, it was the time I got healthy enough to play, um, I did the TED Talk. I had released the book. I was, you know, starting to to, to get into movies like I am now. I um, I moved out here. I'm, I'm in L.A. at that point when I'm really like, oh, God, I can actually play basketball again. And I just had to stop and think. All of this stuff happened over these past couple of years. It kind of sounds crazy to drop all of this and go back to basketball. You know what I mean? Like basketball taught me a lot. It gave me the discipline to excel in this. But that that was a chapter. You know what I mean? Now it's what is new. And like I said, I, I reference relationships because to me, it's, it's all love. You know what I mean? So let's take it back to your chapter at Villanova. Mm-hmm. Jay Wright, every yeah. coach has a focus. Every great coach definitely has a super focus. What yeah. was what was his philosophy and what was the biggest things to him that non-negotiables like this means everything to Jay Wright? Because you have a unique perspective. You not only played for him, you're on his coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And as a yeah. media member, you covered the team. So yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. So I'd love to hear your perspective on it. Um, I, I think above all, if I had to sum, if I had to sum coach right up to a word, his philosophy up to a word, it'd be honor. Mm. And, and it's not a word you hear a lot nowadays. And I think he realized in a lot of ways he he has a he's like Carlito. Yeah, I think that's why he retired <laughs> to a degree. You know what I mean? Like in a degree, his his philosophy and the things that he um, focuses on within the game are things that a lot of things that are lost. You know what I mean? Loyalty. Um, you know what I mean? Respect. Uh, dealing with things with a certain amount of integrity. Um, he was very much on us about as a man off the court, you know what I mean? More than the player on the court, because he understood that one trickled into the other. But if I had to sum it up to one word, it would be honor. Um, he, he takes great pride in Villanova. Everybody's like, oh, Mr. Villanova, Mr. Villanova. You don't understand so much of who he is comes from the pressure of let me make sure I keep this going because he was around for uh, Raleigh Massimino's era. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They won back in 85. So, like I said, the one word would be honor, but he he was very big on discipline. I, I had never – I tell people, playing at Nova um, – and it's funny, my grandpa was in the Navy. I always said if I didn't play sports, I would have went to the Air Force. Because uh, I know I knew coming up, discipline was something that I had lacked. I was always creative. I was, it's the discipline. You know what I mean? That was the thing that I really had to hone in at uh, Nova. And he he's a great admirer of uh, the Armed Forces. I remember he when he he heard we was playing in the Pearl Harbor Classic. Like the first thing he told us was like, "Y'all got to understand what we're representing." Like he asked all of us, "Like do y'all know what this day means for our veterans and the people who have served our country?" He has a great deal of respect for um, the armed forces, and there's a lot of ties between Villanova and the armed forces. So honors the one word, but discipline was definitely like the undertone of everything. And I'm talking eating, sleeping turning in our phones before games and the night in hotels. Like it was just discipline. Yeah. Do you feel like he was a forward thinker basketball wise? Cause remember way back, even before you were playing, he was going with three guard lineups and four yeah, that could stretch. Four. Um, yeah, do you think he yeah. gets enough credit for that these days? 
No, no, no. I, I don't think – I think it would take a true basketball junkie like yourself to understand that trend and somebody who was paying attention to the Randy Foy, Allen Ray, mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry, Curtis mm-hmm. Sumter, Jason Frazier, uh, uh, et cetera, et cetera, paying attention to those era of guys and understanding, oh, he was playing small ball way before the Warriors. You know what I mean? Um, right. I think he's okay with that. You know what I mean? I, I think I think he is. he's a visionary and he's a basketball junkie. But he's definitely a visionary. He's uh, very much a chess player in understanding. All right, and this move here, if that happens here, okay, if we're in this era where power forwards are reigning supreme, and it has to swing the pendulum the other way to guards. And he understood that uh, probably early enough to be called crazy, but it, it was as a man, I respected him, watching him stick to his vision. I remember after the uh, after the national championship, you now he was just like. He said something. He he made a comment. He was just like, um, he said, "Yeah, you know, you guys thought I was crazy before. I'm gonna be crazier now." Now that I know, <laughs> he's like, "Now that I know the works, I'm, I'm gonna be even crazier." And it was just like, I was gonna, I was gonna be a senior the following year, so it wasn't as funny when he said it because I understood what he was getting at. But he he definitely is a visionary in the game of basketball. What is it about Nova's system that you believe allows them to develop such great pros? Ah, that's a great question. Um. No task is is too small or too big for anybody. So there is no guy who was hit on defense. If you were being hit on defense, you were sitting on the bench. That's how he hit you on defense. So he put us constantly in these situations where we're uncomfortable and it feels like the, the ground is shifting underneath you. Even in practice, he would do little like he would uh you'd be on the he would make the starters the away team and the scout team the home team. So as a starter, you would win in a game in practice and he'd blow the whistle and say such and such travel. You know what I mean? Got it. They, they get a chance to win the game. And what he was doing was he was constantly putting us in these uncomfortable situations that show people how to adapt. So then what happens is these guys get to the NBA, Eric, Josh, Jalen, Arch, you know what I mean? These guys get to the NBA and rather you're going from one team to another or one offense to another, he understood how fluid that business was. So he wanted because of Kyle, Andy, I'm not saying sorry, Andy, Randy and Alan Ray. Yeah. Those were like his first guys in the NBA. He understood how fluid the business was. So he was like, all right, let me send these guys into this business ready to adapt, ready to hear a challenge and almost get excited. That, okay, I'm just gonna overcome it. And like I said, it was, oh my God, bro. Like I it, it's great now, but I'm talking like we would be like in the film room eating. And you would do something. He like, hey, uh, that scene on uh, Once Upon a Time when Leonardo was like, you know, I mean, he points at the screen right, like right. he would do that. He wouldn't do that, but that's what it felt like. Like, oh my god, bro, let me breathe. But for him, every how you did one thing is how you did everything. And you know what I mean? And you, you actually like said that. that. You actually said that in the TED talk. Yes, 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 yes. That's it. He was the first person who really hammered that message. I'd heard it before, but I was like, oh, this guy. Like, personification of that is him. You know what I mean? Yeah, so let's tie it all together. We just talked about the TED Talk. We just talked about Nova. National championship. What was more enjoyable for you, the process or actually winning the championship? Uh, For me, the process. I I am – it's funny. One of my favorite TED Talks, um, this guy guy named – I think it's Tom Sinek. Um, but he had spoke about there's two types of players. You have infinite players, you have finite players. And he said, you need to figure out which game you're in. So 
I'm in, I'm in LA. It's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of exhaust work out here. Um, <laughs> finite players are people who are finite games and finite players are here's an end goal. I want to get there. Basketball is a finite game. You know what I mean? It's a, there is a clock, there's a score, there's something we're going to get to that's going to make this end. Infinite is these guys are playing to keep the game going. Um, Apple, Nike, their game, they, they, they want to just keep the game going. Uh, for me, being an infinite player, I, I love to just keep the game going. And the process of that year, which felt like 10 years, because people do not understand all the things that happened, um, you know, in that year, even it's crazy. Three weeks before we won the national title, the big story was how we lost to Seton Hall in the Big East Championship at Madison Square Garden. And like people don't understand how crushing that was. But had it not been for that, we don't win that national championship. And you ask any guy on that team or staff, they'll tell you the same thing. Had it not been for that, that lesson and seeing how like on film, oh, my God, we made this mistake, that mistake, this mistake, that mistake, all these mistakes throughout these 40 minutes of basketball. And we only lost by one point. That that ability to see that and sharpen ourselves up is what allowed us to win. So for me, seeing that process of that year, it gave me confidence in what I'm doing now. It gave me confidence, um, you know, with anything that I do of understanding you could end in a win. And that's what everybody else is going to remember. But being the man in the arena, you got to be willing to deal with a lot. And that's what that year was. But it just happened to end in a beautiful way. And everybody only remembers that. You know what I mean? Tougher to win an NBA title or an NCAA championship? Uh, it's so obviously it's hard for me because I've never won an NBA title. Okay, now. but people debate these things that have won neither, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. I, I, I try to, I try to spare. That's fair. That's but fair. I guess, I guess, I see what you're saying because you could yeah, be biased yeah. if you only won one or the other, right? Exactly. But right. to me, I, I would, I would say an NBA title. Um, mm. I was, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. I would say NCAA championship. Only because you've seen those guys at least once in the NBA. You've at least seen this team once throughout this year. You've seen yeah. it twice. Let's call it what it is. Um, and it's a series of seven. It's a series of seven. Yeah. I'm going to call it what it is, and I don't know if my teammates will admit this, you know what I mean, because they're still players, so they still have that ego about them. I'm, like, a little bit older because of the injury, you know, in a metaphysical <laughs> sense. Um, looking back on it. We play that team seven times. I don't. I don't know if I have us. You know what I mean. I don't know if we have their car. It was some people said nine times out of ten, North Carolina ones. We just happened to get them that one time. But bottom line is that pressure that that creates is a different is a different beast. I know people will be like, oh, well, you got more times to lose, but it's like no, 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 no. Any any real player will tell you you have more chances to win versus you have more chances to lose. If you make it to that point, your mindset is I have four times to beat these guys. Not I have three games I can lose. You know what I mean? Like, it's a difference. It half, half full, half empty. So you're a man of many talents. You've played, you've coached, you're an analyst of a game with your own Villanova talk show. You direct, mm -hmm. you act. Now, <laughs> my question to you is, how do you explore all these different things that you want to do, but also develop mastery in maybe one or two of them? And what advice would you give to somebody who has that issue as well. Very talented, yeah. want to do a lot of different things, mm -hmm. but they also want to master something, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that's a great question, bro. Um, for me, it's something I'm still mastering. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I think what it's come from, that, that I've gotten better at it as I've said no more. 
you got to know what to say no to. Um, and it's funny, I wrote about this. So the TED Talk was really based off a book that I started writing in Poland. And I released the book after the TED Talk because I wanted to see if people could get what I was saying. Like, is this information digestible? Can you understand what I'm saying? With the world we live in today, you see so many things. I go to your page, you know what I mean? You have a podcast. Um, I go to one of my friends' page, they're an athletic influencer. I go to another friend's page, he's in the NBA. I go to another friend's page, she's writing poetry. And what happens is we see so much more. And when older generations talk to us about you got to get one thing and only do one thing and focus on that one thing, it's like that's not the world anymore. Our appetite is bigger. Our vision is bigger. And it really becomes, at, at this point, the, the, the name of the game is narrowing it down. For me, the biggest thing that I had to narrow down for the sake of mastering this media stuff is understanding that basketball is over. You know what I mean? Understanding, for the most part, the, I, the part of me that would wake up and dedicate five hours of every day only to basketball, rather that's recovery, mm -hmm. actual practice or film. And that was my life. You know what I mean? I have to understand, bro, that got dead. You know what I mean? Like, let it go. It's over. It's like an old show. Like, you got to get a new one. Um, I think the more you're able to say no to other things that don't really flow into what you're doing. Like you said, a man of many talents. And I appreciate that. But if you notice, all everything has to do with a camera. You know what I mean? For me, it's what I'm trying to master is the art of capturing something, capturing visuals and audio on camera. And I know that the end goal is writing and directing. So I think if you have an end goal and you have something that you're going for, you're willing to, you know what I mean? Like you ever go bowling and somebody hits it and it, it hits all the bumpers and hits all the bumpers, but then yeah. sometimes they can still get a strike at the end of it if it does it the right way. If you're willing to deal with those bumps back and forth, but you know I'm still going down this lane, um, more than likely it's going to end well for you. You might not end exactly how you want it to, but more than likely it's going to end well for you. I would say the bumpers are the things that you said no to in dealing with that, and then the lane is just life itself where you're cracked. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's my best analogy. but No, that, that was great. And I think you could do multiple things, but I do think it's better if they help each other in a way exactly. that makes sense. Exactly. Is that like tomorrow, bro? Like, so I'm... I started off, like you said, the, the talk show at Villanova, and I've always loved talk shows. I've always loved Arsenio, and it's great stuff. Exactly. And that's what pod podcasting is radio. Let's call it what it is. Streaming is cable, podcasting is radio. Everything, it's the same story over and over again. I would say but, it's radio 2.0, but now there's such a yes. video, now it's such a video component to it that it's kind of like getting bigger than that in a way. If that oh, makes yeah. Sense. No, very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. But I'm just saying like, it's that, you're right. I, I'm not, I can't. No, say no, I, I see what you're saying. Cause yeah. I was looking at it as a uh, radio 2.0 for a long time now, but yes. then just recently people almost look at videos as a podcast, even though oh, yeah. technically it's the audio feed, but now I'm getting real technical yeah. podcast talk to you. So go further, go ahead. Expand. I think, I think, <laughs> I, I think, I think, no, 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 you're right. But thank you. Thank you. Um, for me, it was, so I, you know, I mean, like I said, I, um, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. I've worked other jobs that haven't, like during this time over these past couple of years, I worked at Whole Foods. I've worked sales jobs, you know what I mean? In life insurance and tech. You know what I mean? Like people don't understand, they don't see all that. You know what I mean? You see the stuff that, you see the highlight reel, you see Instagram and you see all that stuff. And I have realized as much as I would love something like that, that is solid, that helps fund these other ventures, those things don't, I could be the best salesman in the world. It doesn't make me a better director. I can be the best Whole Foods guy in the world. It doesn't make me right. a better director. Right. I could be the best coach in the world. Like I wanted to, 
that did slightly make me a better director because you understand how things work. Mm -hmm. But dedicating day in and day out to coaching wouldn't make me a better director. There's no way where I'm going to do all those things and it's going to land me on the doorstep of this. So for me, like I said, it was, okay, what ties into this? Broadcasting. I started off in talk shows. I started off in this. What is the common denominator? A camera. A camera and my voice. Those are the two things that seem to keep popping up on this. So if it falls within that realm, I'll do it. You know what I mean? And if it doesn't, I've said no to it. I've said that just time and time again. It's been a lot of things I've said no to. There's been a couple bags that I've missed out on. But like I said, that goal at the end of the lane, I know, no. The strike for me is somebody being like, yo, we have to get D-Ray's eye on this. You know what I mean? I, I want his vision on this. This is like the way Hype Williams had videos back in the day. Remember music videos back in like 90? That was everything. Five? People used to stay, well, I was, I was hooping most of the time, but people used to stay home and watch videos after school for hours. Right, right. <laughs> MTV jams and shit. Right, right, you know right, right. I mean? <laughs> that was, like I said, like I said, that was, to me, that was the start of, I really like, I really like, video i was like this is amazing and like i said for me growing up in that era hype williams hype williams hype williams hype williams and then you see belly comes out and then it's like oh he does a movie and obviously the movie didn't get the best review because it was dmx and not acting but cinematography wise and cult cult classic exactly exactly that's the the hood loves that but (laughs) (laughs) that's our titanic but the point that i'm making is like for me, it was just it was it was marrying all these things that fit in the same thing together. Let's find things that are compatible and and then let's just let's just go. You know what I mean? In that direction. How you do one thing is how you do everything. What's your morning routine? Oh man. Morning routine. I'll get up. I um I make my bed. Something I learned at Nova. Me too. My man, my man, you get it. It's it's the, the Marines has started it. They have said, you know, you start off your day by um, showing yourself you can execute on something and just that vote of, of confidence really helps you. So get up, make my bed. Uh, I'm Muslim, so I pray. I usually get up around like the time of the first prayer. So this morning is like 530. It's like, all right, pray. Journal a little bit. I just journal my thoughts. Like whatever whatever is on my mind, I just write down. Journal. Um, I have a word that defines every month. So at the top of the page, it's the, the word of that and month. Every day, and every day of the week. Huh? I don't do that every day of the week. I ain't, I ain't but got that, that. But I that was it. the TED talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. For me, it's I, I can't do. No, I see what you're saying. That <laughs> is the theme. That is the theme of my week. But I'm saying like I'll write down, um, like magnetic. You know what I mean? You, and the focus you. of this month is just being magnetic, and bringing you. things to me. Okay. Write down uh, my thoughts. I have at the back of the, the back of the journal. I have my affirmations. I say those. And then from there, it's just kind of like, you know what I mean? I just go. If I feel like going to the gym early, I go to the gym early. If I, if I don't, I feel like starting work, and I start work. But for me, it was, and I talked about this in the talk, I had to get uh, a routine at the top of the morning and to end off my day so I wasn't so all over the place. You know what I mean? Because like I said, for me, the sporadicness comes easy. It's the discipline that I've had to learn and, and master. What does moving mountains mean to you? To me, it's about yourself. Yeah, you know I mean, like you, you are the mountain. I think throughout our lives, what happens is our our fears, our traumas, the shit that people have put on us, um, the the negative talk that we naturally come here with. Like I, I just this this world is made up of negative and positive. We're in this era where everybody like wants just positive. It's like no, you have to deal with both. So we naturally come here with a, a, a inkling towards negative things, and because of that, a lot of us have like negative talk. We 
one person, 10 people can say, oh my God, you're the greatest, this, that, and the third. But for some reason, we remember the one person who says we weren't. You know what I mean? Naturally. And to me, what happens is, is these mountains form in our minds and these mountains form in our mm -hmm. souls that kind of stop us from getting to a lot of things we want in life. It's about moving those mountains. It's about getting to a point where you don't understand, like, not you necessarily as an individual, but you as an individual have put up these mountains of things. Like I said, past traumas. For me, it was the it was the injury. Like my identity was so tied to basketball. After that was over, and I saw how you know certain friends ain't really your friends. People ain't really rooting for you. I ain't gonna lie. A lot of people felt a lot more bold and telling me how they felt about me and things like that. And it was like, oh my god, you know what I mean? I had like an identity crisis because of the loss of basketball. For me, moving that mountain was, bro, you are so much more than that. You know what I mean? That is not all you were sent here to be. You have so much more to offer the world and yourself and your family than that. But I had to move that mountain of, I'm only a basketball player, out the way. You know what I mean? And my hope is that everybody does that. My, that, that, is, that is what I'm pulling for, that everybody gets to a point where it's like, they can not only first identify these things that are holding them back from what they want to get to, um, and identify the parts that are self-inflicted, the parts that they can help and heal on their own. I'm all for looking for external help, but at some point you have to realize what parts on you and then attack that. You know what I mean? Attack it like it attacks you. You know what I mean? Like people talk a lot about anxiety today, and it's like, you know what I mean? Figure it it, it doesn't it doesn't let up on you. It doesn't give you a day off. It doesn't give you a, a time to be happy. So attack that the same way it attacks you. And that is what that is what I want people to get. You know, that that is what moving mountains is. So fascinating. And I think even sometimes when you get to the mountain, it's not quite as big as you thought it was once you get there, right? It rarely ever it, it, that's the that's the funny part. Once you face it, bro, that's crazy you said that. I got out here and um I uh I had went out to a beach in Malibu. It's called Point Doom, and there's like a hike up there. And it was dark. And I remember I was like, what if a snake comes out? Something was telling me, just go to the top of this joint. I'm like, what if a snake comes out or something bites the out of me I'm like, i've done this hike a million times in the day and for some reason in the daytime this is never scary to me but for some reason right now because it's dark out I, I'm, I'm a little bit more afraid to do it and i did it and i got to the top i'm like holy that was quick you know what i mean like you said <laughs> i realized the the what happens is and that's part of the mountain it's funny one of my one of the things that i look at i got this uh a lot one more thing in my morning routine is i got a notes and it's just a vision board. And it's just all these different things. And this quote is, your faith can move mountains and your doubt can create them. The mountain in that quote, the mountain in that case is, I think that this thing is daunting or something's going to happen. I'm sitting here building all this shit in my mind. It's like, nah, bro. Sometimes if you, you know just I mean? do it, it takes so much less time and it's so much easier than you thought it would be. Exactly. Exactly. And I want people to get to that point. And it's like, get to that point where you can, like I said, attack that that's attacking you move your own mountain out the way and just it is to see people do that work in their lives like to see who they are on the other side of that is 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 to me it's the best it's what we're here for you know what i mean d-ray amazing conversation you're always welcome back on the show where can Appreciate we find you, where can we find you man social media everywhere else i'm mostly on linkedin at daryl d-ray d.rey reynolds dot uh jesus uh at linkedin <laughs> <laughs> to get back to 06 on them. Um, <laughs> Instagram, uh, D.Ray, the director. Like I said, that's R-E-Y. Everybody thinks it's A. You know, it, the Ray comes from my last name, Reynolds. But that's really it, man. That's that's really... 
I'm, I'm, I ain't gonna lie. I'm kind of, I'm out of the mix. Like I, I have a presence on social media because you got to in this day and age. But I'm getting to the point where it's like I want to be like the most, like those celebrities that you only see in their craft, like those actors you only see acting, and then you like never, like this guy really exists. They just get him when they make movies. Like, I mean, it's hard to keep that mystique in the modern era, right? Fact. But here's the thing, and I, I'll say this here. This is the first time I've said it publicly, and I, I think I'm on to something. Hopefully, we could pull this clip one day. I think in an era where everybody is trying to be seen, having that mystique, and everybody's trying to put everything on display, having that mystique, I, I think is the that that's the that's how you zig when others are zagging. You know what I mean? Nah, I agree. But you also have to be putting in real work while you're not showing yourself. You know what check, I mean? Check, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't be you can't, can't be hiding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, can't you can't hiding. just have, you can't just have a stick and put it no work in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This ain't this ain't mystique. You're just crazy. Like no, <laughs> like no, 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 no. Having that mystique, but yeah, it's, but it's putting moving, in like real some... work that you exactly. you have basically mastered something, but you're not always talking about what you're doing. Exactly. And then just showing up with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like here. 100%. There you go. You know D-Ray, I mean? thanks for taking the time. You're always welcome back. Talk soon. Thank you, bro. Thank you. There it is. Another episode of Combo's Court. Thank you to everyone who tunes into the show across the globe. Big shouts to D-Ray for joining in. We appreciate you. Don't forget to rate, review, and you know what to do, man. Punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. If you would like to receive bonus combos, core content, check out the Patreon page. I'll leave a link in the show notes for that. Let me know how you feel about the show, what you'd like to hear about on the show, comments, questions, concerns in the comments section wherever you listen to Combos Court. Be on the lookout for episode 417. Combo out.